In this episode of Fintech Flow, I continue to explore fintech in foreign countries. Thanks to Fintech Camp Hungary and the Beyond Banking Budapest, I had the opportunity to talk about fintech in a country where the finance minister launches the house of fintech, the regulator is quite open for innovation, they have regulated crypto exchange platforms, and they start teaching kids coding at the age of six. This is Luxembourg and Alex Panikan from the Luxembourg House of Fintech is with us today and shows us around in Luxembourg's fintech ecosystem. Welcome to Fintech Flow, where we deep dive into the depth and complexity of successful startups, sit down with bright fintech minds and bridge together the gap in mindset between the legacy players and today's innovators. With 10 years experience as a manager in the financial sector, MIT certified fintech expert Linda Schalai is prepared to put it all in play and to follow the flow. Hi Alex, welcome to Fintech Flow. Please introduce yourself and the company you're working for. Hi Linda, great to have you with me. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm Alex Panikan, I'm the head of partnership and ecosystem of The Loft, the Luxembourg House of Financial Technologies. Sounds exciting, what does The Loft do? So The Loft is a foundation, it's a public-private partnership between the Ministry of Finance of Luxembourg and 13 private partners, mainly banks from Luxembourg, insurance companies and uh, audit companies. Is it non-profit? It's a non-profit organization, yes. And what's the goal? The goal is to drive innovation in the financial industry in Luxembourg. So the Loft idea came from the Ministry of Finance in 2015. His main question and concern was how to make sure that the financial industry in Luxembourg is still thriving in 10 years. Luxembourg is the financial center of uh, continental Europe, even more now with the Brexit. So how to make sure that we stay number one in 10, 20 years? And for him, the obvious answer was fintech. But not just bringing fintechs to Luxembourg. We had to, to build an innovation platform, an innovation hub, where fintechs collaborate with banks, collaborate with insurance companies, with asset managers, with wealth managers. As they usually do in Luxembourg, when the government has an idea and launch a project, it's always with the private sector. So it makes sure that, I mean, if the private sector puts money in it, they will make it work. That's an interesting collaboration, at least I think this part of Europe, it's not very typical. How should we imagine that? What does it mean? Is it co-working space for startups? Is it more about funding? Is it more about starting project between the incumbents and the fintechs? It's a bit all of that. So we do have an incubation center. Uh, Right now we incubate 44 companies, 44 fintechs worldwide for 15 different countries, uh, Russia, uh, Kenya, South Africa, China, name it, (laughs) US, of course. Is it totally global or do you have any preferences in terms of uh, geography? So uh, our goal, as I said, is not about uh, bringing fintechs to Luxembourg. We we are not, it's not a numbers game for us. What we look is for very interesting solutions. We're looking for solutions that can solve problems we have in the financial industry in Luxembourg. And if the fintech is in Singapore, Budapest, Bucharest, San Francisco, we don't care. Uh, what we want is to them work with the financial industry in Luxembourg. So we're going to introduce the solution to our partners, to banks, to insurance, as I said, and try to make them work together. Because the focus for our finance minister and for our CEO, Nasir Zubari, is not about, okay, how many fintechs have you brought to Luxembourg, but how many proof of concept, how many innovative solution have you developed in Luxembourg? That's our focus. 
So I guess it all starts with the incubation program, right? It starts with incubation, but let's say if the fintechs already have offices in Brussels, Budapest, I mean, if they can work with the clients in Luxembourg, our goal is not to bring them again to Luxembourg. But of course, if they want to be close to the clients, our mission is to help them. We are like a self-lending platform. So we're going to introduce them to clients. We're going to introduce them to investors, to technological partners. We have a very strong technological partners. And yeah, we are facilitators. In fact, that's what the loft is. Many people are asking you acceleration, do acceleration program, you do incubation program. But in fact, we are facilitators because we do all of that. And if we start from the beginning, how can someone get into the incubation or acceleration program? They just drop us an email. Okay. <laughs> It's as easy as that. We have a phone call, we can have a meeting. And if the solution makes sense for the fintech ecosystem in Luxembourg, we're going to help them out for sure. Are you looking for the yeah. idea? Are you looking for a business model? Are you looking for a great so team? What we look, of course, great teams, but solutions that, that are already working. So we, we need crazy. We are looking for crazy, but two crazy guys in the garage is not enough. <laughs> what we're going to look is for fintechs who already have a proof of concept, a minimum viable product, and are already working with a few uh, financial actors. So the field that uh, really of interest for us is everything related, of course, with RegTech, onboarding, QIC, uh, everything related with FunTech, because Luxembourg, I don't know if you know it, but it's the second fund industry in the world after the US. I didn't know uh, So yes, we're focusing to find the right solution in the fund, fund industry. And of course, everything related to blockchain, AI. We do have a bit of crypto and we have a lot of payments because Luxembourg traditionally is a payment uh, industry. What about the insurance? And that's our next focus. Now, right now we are trying to focus on the insurance because Luxembourg is the first cross-border insurance industry in Europe. And we have a lot of insurance companies in Luxembourg. So right now we are focusing on insurance. But it's not easy to find insurtech, very good insurtech. That's why I'm in Budapest. Let's try to see if we find them here. <laughs> What about the next step? So you say that your your main role is facilitating. How does it work? I guess, of course, you introduce the startup with the great idea and the great MVP to a financial institution. Is that it from your side or are you a translator or, or a project manager when they start to cooperate? We try to, let's say, coordinate the collaboration. Coordinate collaboration and be a facilitator in case of there is any kind of problem. But no, it's uh, it's the job of the bank and is the job of the fintech to make sure that collaboration works. Of course, as I said, we are there to help if it's needed. How do you see it? Is it easy to work together? We can see that in the last couple of years, financial institutions are more and more opened for fintechs, for cooperation. But when it comes to achieve something, is it easy with this two very different mindset and way of work and very different IT systems. I think the loft is the proof that the mindset of the financial industry is evolving because uh, they understood that they need technology. The best IT guys, the best developer, the best data scientists don't want to work for banks. They work to work for startups. They want to work for fintechs. So banks understood that they had to collaborate with smaller startups, with innovative companies and service providers to bring what? Better service to the clients and yes, reduce cost and improve the, the businesses. On the other hand, fintechs have understood that they have to work with banks because banks have something that 
fintechs don't have. Banks have the capital, they've got the money. <laughs> Banks have the market, they've got clients. And most important thing in the world of fintech that the banks have is trust. If I mean, your seller, we don't want to give it to a fintech yet. You want to put it in the bank. So, of course, it will evolve. But yeah, I think one word that we have at the loft is collaboration. Uh, and we focus on that. And uh, do you see it like as a trend that financial institutions realized that if they really want to keep up with innovation, then maybe they have to outsource part of their innovation via working with fintechs? Yes, because they are slow. And uh, for them to, I mean, to bring a new product to the market would take them months and most of the case even more years. So a fintech can deploy that very, very quickly. And we're going to see that uh, more and more that the banks is the trust partner of service providers that can provide better services, faster products on the market. What are the main areas where you can see ongoing cooperations between fintechs and the financial institutions? One of them, uh, I mentioned the fund industry, it's robo-advisors. We see many robo-advisors working with banks and then be acquired by the banks. Most of the time, by the way, banks are the main investors, the first investors in robo-advisor because they understood there is a niche and that niche that's going to become a huge market that's underserved and the banks cannot access. So, yes, we, we see that in the US and we see that in Europe. What about the financial institutions? Do they typically have any geographical preference when they look at a fintech company or they also only looking for the team and the idea? They look for the team, they look for the solution and the idea. As again, idea is not enough, it's execution. Everything is about execution. So uh, two weeks ago, we hosted uh, 12 fintechs coming from Africa. We had uh, an acceleration program for financial inclusion. And I can tell you we were blown away by how good they were. So I think innovation can act, is coming from everywhere. That's why we have fintech from Africa incubated at the loft, as we have from China, US and, uh, and Russia. And then the financial institutions, let's stick with this example, because I guess in Luxembourg, financial inclusion is not a big deal, so... Uh, it's a very big deal. I mean, people don't know that, but Luxembourg is the microfinance center of the world. Uh, most of the funds in financial inclusion are based in Luxembourg. Oh, really? And most of the institutions in financial inclusion are based in Luxembourg. So that's why we have made no, this I program. I made, we made this program in Luxembourg because... Uh, the goal of the program was connecting those fintechs from Africa with the main actors that can help them thrive the business in all uh, African region, not just in the country. Okay, now I understand because that was what uh, I couldn't understand. Why do you need African fintech companies in Luxembourg? But uh, then, then because I know we can, first, first of all, we can help them. And I think we've done that. And second, it's very good to know where where we are going on innovation because Africa they are leapfrogging they don't have the infrastructure we have in, in Europe so on mobile payment for instance and on insurance they are very very I would say fast uh, development on that field we, we saw quite interesting innovation uh, in the insurance industry uh, related to um, satellites telling a poor farmer in the middle of the jungle okay 
your crop will not evolve very fast and we believe you're going to have to take a small macro insurance. So this is, will change his life for sure. And that's the kind of technologies we are looking for. Really mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. I mean, during the pitch, it's, my, it's the first time in my life when I've seen people crying in, in the room during the pitches. Because not only the technology and the solution was amazing, but beyond that, it, they have a huge impact on millions of lives every day. And that's what fintech is all about. We believe in Luxembourg. It's about impacting people's life. Not, of course, helping the financial industry, helping the banks, but the final client is the customer and uh, the impact that it has on, on people. Do you see more cooperation or collaboration within the fintechs and within the financial institutions or do they see each other as competitors? Both. That's why we call it co-opetition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they are competitors on some markets, like, for instance, I don't know, remittance payments, robo-advisor, as I mentioned, but they need to cooperate because they, each one of them have to win from the other's expertise, yeah. experience and market. But yeah, what we also see, and that's very interesting, within the incubation ecosystem is fintechs being incubated at loft, starting working together because they, they, they see that they can bring more value to the clients at different level of the value chain. So, and I think we're going to see more and more uh, this kind of approach where fintechs collaborate together with banks. Is regulators also involved? In that's the hugest, I would say, advantage and specificity of Luxembourg. I mean, when people say what's so unique about Luxembourg, it's not the loft. What's unique about Luxembourg is the community, the fintech community. And the fintech community, as I said, started with the Ministry of Finance. So when you, the Minister of Finance is backing you, it's good. But beyond that, you've got research centers, you've got universities, you've got the financial actors, and you've got a regulator that's really involved in that understanding technology and is open to innovation. And it's quite unique that a regulator is open to innovation. We travel a lot uh, for the last two years and uh, Luxembourg is a unique space. In Luxembourg, if you have FinTech, I mean, the first thing I'm gonna do is connect you with the regulator. Okay. Uh, you're gonna talk with him, tell him or her for half an hour what's your business model. Are they gonna understand? Yes, of course, that's why I said they're very open to innovation. <laughs> They've got an innovation team. So you're going to explain your business model because it's not just about getting the license and then you go bust six months after it, but it's also about having the right business model for your business to grow. And for half an hour, they will explain to you how to be compliant. Your business model is amazing. It makes sense. But you should change change that and that because then you're going to be compliant. That's why Luxembourg is also, I think, the first country in Europe that has regulated crypto exchange platforms like Bitstamp and Bitflyer, and many more will, will follow. And what about education? You mentioned universities, you mentioned them because great talents are coming from them, or is fintech uh, education important in Luxembourg? Both. So we have at the University of Luxembourg a department that's called SNT. So the SNT is in charge of all the cybersecurity blockchain projects. So we've got great PhD coming from that working on in the fintech ecosystem and also education for us at the loft is very very important so we have four projects on education one of them is called uh, code club 
it teach kids uh, starting at six years old how to do a bit of coding and how uh, robots are working. Really? And we have another one that's very fascinating. It's called uh, Luxembourg Tech School. It's for kid teenagers from uh, 15 to 18 years old. And they, they don't want to teach them how to code, but how to become the digital leaders of tomorrow. And meaning, okay, you have to understand how a database works. Uh, you have to build your own AI. Uh, you have to launch your own rocket to the moon. So they're good, pretty, pretty cool stuff. So At we the do, age of 16. At the age of 16. So we do hackathons with them. One of them is called the future of banking. When you ask 30 kids, teenagers, to, to build the, the bank of the future, what's the bank for you guys? In three days. And on the third day, when you have the CEO of one of the largest bank in, in, uh, in Luxembourg coming and asking those kids, okay, kids, what's the bank of the future? And you've got a 15 years old guy telling the, tomorrow there will be no bank. We built blockchain system where you can buy, sell crypto or fiat. Of course, the CEO will look at his colleagues and say, why did they manage to do it in three days? And we are trying to do it in, for the last two, two years. So yeah. uh, I think education is one of the, of the most strategic field for fintech. Because, I mean, those guys are going to be on the workforce very soon and we have to prepare them because the current workforce in the banks are not prepared for things how do you see the market in our region in the sea region or especially in hungary budapest how do you see the fintech ecosystem here? i'm here to discover it it's okay. my first time for for the fintech so uh, we'll see what i mean you I'll guys see you, later then. <laughs> you guys have great companies we have one of them in luxembourg by the way yeah. Uh, but uh, I see it's evolving. I just came back from Bucharest. It's thriving. We had 11 hours of conference on fintech with 400 people. So it was quite crazy. You see that the, the, the ecosystem is growing very fast. And uh, I think because you guys have great tech talent, great tech talent. What's missing, I think, and I don't want to judge or anything, but is the involvement of the government the involvement of the central bank, the involvement of the regulator. And yes, the understanding of the financial market that without collaboration, nobody will survive. Exactly. That's, but it's just my point of view. I just yeah. arrived, so maybe uh, <laughs> it's too soon to say that. Do you think the big techs are the future's financial service providers? I think banks will not die because, I mean, the, the position is very strong. But that's what Kodak thought, Research in Motion thought, and now they are gone. <laughs> I think, yes, banks think they are very, very strong, but the, the, the new players understand data, understand the consumers. And I think that's where the game will be played, is understanding the customer preferences. There is a stereotype that a typical startup person is like uh, someone just came out from university starting their own uh, business. Is it what you see in the loft and in Luxembourg? Not at all. Not at all. The ones that we see succeeding are the ones coming from the industry. They've got 40 plus. <laughs> they see the gap in the market. They see the, the needs from the market and they launch their own startup. Our first startup is still with us and it's a huge success story. The guy worked for many years with a huge big four. And instead of waiting for his retirement, a few years, he said, okay, I'm gonna 
sell my second house, sell my Porsche and start a fintech. Now he has hundreds of, of clients and he's very successful, but he has gray hair. <laughs> he's not young, he has experience. And that's also the kind of profile we are looking for. Not just tech people, but business wise people that understand the market. Thank you, Alex, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here Thank you for on the podcast. My, my hope is to work one day with, uh, with Budapest because at the loft, our focus is also building the, I would say, the European Union of fintechs. Uh, we work with uh, Insomnia on this project. We already have 10 uh, incubators and acceleration accelerator for, from Europe. So it would be amazing to have Budapest uh, on the map. Where can people find out more about you and about the loft? Loft.com. L-H-O-F-T.com. Okay. Thank, Thank you so you much. much. Thank you, Adina. Thank you, Alex, for the conversation. This is a really interesting and different word for us from the CE region. Thank you all for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe. Next week, we will talk about collaboration between fintech companies and financial institutions with the CEO of Nestoma, Daniel Collado-Ruiz. Stay tuned.